Greetings, heathens and heretics, and welcome to episode 44 of In the Abyss. Um, we're almost at the half century now, but um, unfortunately, we are two men down tonight. So it'll be my good self flying the flag, and uh, my esteemed guest this week um, is a man by the name of Alex Palmer, the man behind the metal of Seventh Circle Artworks, um, and very much a staunch defender of the metal faith. I think it's fair to say. Um, Alex, good evening and welcome. Finally, got you on here. <clears throat> After lots of backing and forth in, but we get you eventually. <laughs> yeah, even if it's just the two of us. Yeah, well, you know, it'll do. It'll do. The others mm. will just have to listen in and, and learn from this experience. But you know, there you go. It is what it is. How are you doing Friday night anyway? End of the week and all that. Yeah, man. Yeah, end of the week. Uh, it was a networking evening last night. So, uh, you know, they go. <clears throat> it's hence uh, recovery period at the moment. Stand, yeah, fucking rock and roll mm. lifestyle networking yeah. evening. Networking. Jewelry networking evening, you know. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, look, there's obviously going to be people listening who don't know what you do and don't know what your uh, what your background is. So tell everyone, first and foremost, what is Seven Circle Artworks and what do you do? Um, well, yeah, basically Seventh Circle Artworks, we set up, um, I set it up 2009, um, mainly as a jewellery company, but uh, also the fact that it's called Seventh Circle Artworks, it, it can encompass whatever, uh, art, art in general, so <laughs> although it's gone down a jewellery route, but predominantly custom work, working for metal bands, working within that kind of genre, but, but going away from the mainstream. Not not the kind of uh, the sort of stuff you get like in Oxford Street or that kind of thing. Yeah. Not or, Canada, or, or Argos. But yeah, or Argos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no, yeah. So uh, and and yeah, it kind of it just sort of took off from yeah 2009. So um, been doing it a while. So what made you get into into doing this because obviously and we'll get into that in a little bit of you know the people you've worked mm. with and that but what made you what got you into to where you are now what made you decide to go down this route of doing rock and roll jewelry as, as if you want to call it that well um i mean partly you know i went on i was playing in a hardcore band in 1999 uh, we did a tour of europe i had to quit my old job working in a shitty bowling alley at the time to go on tour with a band and then when I come back, needed a job, found a job in the jewelry trade. So um, after a few, I, I quit that band and, you know, I thought didn't do much more with music. But then it got to the point where I'm like, I want to start doing this stuff again. But I want to do stuff that's going <laughs> to at least you know, kind of pay some bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're never going to do with a band. So, yeah, I spoke to a few people, started becoming in like sort of self-taught um, uh, sort of model maker because I've come from an art sculpture background as well. So I just started making, decided I was going to start making models uh, of rings, this and the other, using a wax carving technique. So it's like a really old school way of doing things. Um, and then, yeah, the first band I worked with was St. Bias, and it kind of just took off from there. Well, there's worse places to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah much worse places. <laughs> but like... Mm. That's but that's that in itself is an odd one because that's not like a, a you know a, a band they've just gone and kind of picked off the street. That's a pretty niche, yeah. you know, band to start working with. It, it You're was, obviously a fan, yeah, yeah, first yeah, and yeah. foremost. Um, but it was kind of like it's a very basic, very simple logo. The V, you know, the V with a crucifix in mm. the middle. Very yeah. very simple logo. And I thought, you know what, that's a good good starting point to try and start. You know, make a piece of jewelry. 
and <laughs> still in the days of MySpace, believe it or not. No, nice. so I just contacted, contacted them through their MySpace page. Um, manager got back to me because I said, "Well, you know, you're doing a, a reunion show, <clears throat> at Roadburn, 2009, with Wino, original drummer Armando Acosta. Are you interested in doing? You know, I can make some rings up." Then a little bit backwards and forwards, and next thing I'm at Roadburn <clears throat> selling 25 limited edition rings. That first batch. Now that sort of you know 25 people have got those, and they're quite proud of having those rings. The whole lot went in one afternoon. Fuck and then man. you're kind of like, yeah, man, I quite fancy doing this for a little bit more of a living, even though it's not a living. But you know, I think I think even being able to even being able to say you sold your first ones at Roadburn is that's that's a great place to start, isn't it? It's you know what pretty I mean? good. <clears throat> pretty good to be able to go out there and sell 25 rings, meet up with St. Vitus, see the original lineup, you know, with Wino, the original drummer before he passed away, see them on stage, meeting all these crazy people on that first piece. And you just kind of, fuck it up, man. This is odd at best. But hey, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did that. What else to say about <laughs> What was the name of the hardcore band you were in? Just have interest. Uh, scalp lock. It was like scalp um scalp lock. Yeah. Um rings the bell. Guy used to be, yeah, Pete, who was like the main guy in Scalp Lock, used to be in Unseen Terror. We had a couple of members of Napalm. There you go. So yeah, all these these, these names from the, you know, I was I was quite into the hardcore scene when I first came to London in the early well, the, sorry, the very late nineties. Yeah. And yeah, some of these names are starting to sort of, you know, ring up. Many many a brain cell has um, been killed, but Used to play a lot of the Red Eye, King's Cross. Oh yeah, we've yeah, been there a few times. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah, it was about a year and a half, nearly two years. I played with him, played bass. So um, yeah. What's Roadburn like? Because it's, it's that's one of those one of those events that I've always thought you know, I'd love to go, but it's you know two kids and all that kind of thing. It's a lot of effort these days. But I, I it was great when I used to go, like back then, about 10, 10 12 years ago, but. I don't know. You could always see it getting a little bit, a little bit artsy and a little bit kind of, um, I don't know, not so much a rock and roll festival. I want to go to a festival where it's like, you're not, you're not, you, you know, the discussion at the bar isn't about what valves you put in your amplifier. You know, yeah, what I, mean? yeah, I want to go to a yeah. festival and just, and, and just have a fucking good time for a few days. Yeah, and that's just, right. Yeah. 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 I can see, I can see how it's a bit like that. It's the way it's, it's some of the, the language they use, like curating stages and that kind of thing. It, yeah. It made me feel a bit uncomfortable that. You know yeah. I mean? It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's a great, great festival. Really, really well organized and, and a fantastic sort of area to do it in the Tilburg. But uh, yeah. It, yeah. Festivals I prefer just if I'm going to spend two or three days away from the world. I want to do it completely away from the world and just get fucked up for three days, watch metal bands and just, you know, and just meet people. See, that's it. See, I, I went to Bloodstock last year, the first festival I've been to since I think it was Bloodstock in 2012. And it like, yes, it's changed a lot. Bloodstock has changed a lot in that time. It's grown a lot, which is great. But um, but it has become a lot more commercialized, but I still got that sense of escapism from it, that like yeah. four or five days away from normal life. It's almost yeah. like the real world doesn't exist. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's what you want from a festival, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and, and just, yeah, just not too, I, I don't know. I don't even, I can't even think what the right word is, but it, yeah, it's it's a little bit too artsy for me. Yeah. Now, you know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like the, the, sort of the, the chin stroking kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not for me. Um, but going back to your work anyway, um, 
so one of the coolest things I've noticed with on the range you do are the collaborations you've done with people. So Christina Scabia, Terry B, uh, Michael from Voivod, Carla Harvey from from Butcher Babies. How the fuck does that even come about? And what what input do they have on it? Is you know is this something you did for them or? It's the world. I mean, it's just it's the amazing world of maybe maybe social media and maybe approaching people that you you already get the feeling that they're very approachable people anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? The the, the likes of, uh, of Away and Carla and Christina is oh, actually Christina I got introduced to through uh, Marie Corner, photographer friend. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was, oh, you want to get in touch with Christina? So she puts in, she hooked us up anyway. But other than that, yeah, everybody that I've worked with, I've basically just reached out to them. Um, away was like, it took a year before he replied to the email. And I was walking home from work in the pissing rain one night and I just showed him my phone's gone off. Like, Holy shit, you sent me. Some artwork. <laughs> so you know, basically, just said, "Do you want to design a ring?" That's basically what I've said to anybody. But the, you know, the power of social media, isn't it? You know, it just you yeah. can't knock it for that. Just being able to reach out to these people, it's you know, most of the time you don't expect them to get back because you think, "Oh, somebody's no. probably running their social media pages for them." But yeah. so far, touch wood, every time they've just they've, they've got back either straight away or a bit further down the line. So you know. I've, I've been I've been surprised sometimes doing you know doing this podcast for the past sort of twelve months you know sometimes you reach out to people and they do come straight back to you I've I've been talking back and forth with with Carl Thomas from Exorder, um, wow. trying trying to get him to come on for a chat and he's he sort of yeah. up for that kind of thing and but it's it, you know obviously busy people trying to pin down schedules it, it's hard yeah. but the fact you actually get a response and a bit of dialogue it's yeah. great. You know, I think yeah. fans love it as well when they, they get that kind of interaction from, from musicians. Totally. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, there, there was a great, great comment because I, I, it didn't it didn't come about in the end, but I, I contacted um, Simone Simons from Epica. Yeah. And anyway, when I actually met up with her, because she didn't know what I looked like at the time, I just sent her an email and I got a contact through Marie again. And I uh, turned up at the Underworld in Camden and the tour bus is parked outside. So I'm just kind of wandering around like biker jacket or wherever else. And she sort of poked her head outside the door and she said, I didn't know who to look for, whether you were going to be a guy in a suit that's just running a business or whether you're going to be a metalhead with long hair and a, and a biker jacket. And she said, I was just really pleased to see that you were wearing a biker jacket. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it sort of dawned on me. Like, yeah, you know what? Maybe people just don't realise when you're just hitting them up like blind like that. They, don't, they maybe think, oh, there's another, you know, another corporate industry company trying to get some more money off the back of my success that kind of thing. well you're, you're, you yeah, you're realize you're that. both the same people you know what i mean you're both fans yeah. of the music and you both want to get into it and that's that's exactly it in it where at the end of the day we're all just just fans of the music we listen to so it's hmm. it's why we're sitting here now do you know what yeah, i mean yeah, it's, it's all yeah. it's all escapism in a way yeah yeah it's definitely not doing it for the money <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, don't we? Yeah, I know that. That's why I got to work stupid hours in a day-to-day -day job. But um, yeah. the, the the one that stands out in terms of collaborations, though, is is Terry B. Because that's well, obviously you don't. Yeah, you know, my room with you know manhole. We're going mm. back a few years yeah. now. So is she is she still involved in in music? I was never a huge fan of of either of her bands, but is she still involved, or is this just? I have no idea. I think there's been some. Without wanting to get into too much, I don't know about too much details, but there's been a lot of uh, how can we put this clashes, I think, between her and some UK promoters. Right. Okay. From what I've heard on this side of on the on the UK side, 
Yes, oh, that's fair. There's been there's been no visit from from uh, my room back to the UK for a long time. Yeah, this this is the problem. But we'll 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 come back to that because someone I want to talk to you about a bit later. Right. Yeah. Um, some of the other designs you've done. I mean, you know, the, the one that stands out for me in terms of that is is the COC skull. I've got the same thing tattooed just between my my shoulder blade. Oh, nice. it's, um, it's 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 such a classic. Iconic yeah. logo that in there. It's up there with with your, your misfit Scarlet and all sorts of these. Yeah. See, this important. is the thing. If I'm going to do uh, if I want to do a collaboration with a band using their logo, I don't want to be using the name of the band. Yeah. Involved in it, you know, like like the St. Vitus ring just set it all up because it's just a V. Yeah. And it's like when you know, you know. They say the, the COC skull. You know, all these kind of they're very classic and they just they they aid their timers. So when you put that on anything, everybody who knows the band knows it straight away. You don't, you haven't got a right courage to conform it under it. You know it's what the, it is. It's, it's like the things you used to draw on your school books. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's that kind of yeah, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like I said, Iron Monkey. Um. Yeah. Some advice, as you said, Candlemas. I hate God Crowbar. You know, yeah. the, the the list is endless. Um. You've done yeah. one for the Grudge as well, haven't you? You did the the Ride of the Kings thing. Yeah. 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 That that is a beast of a ring. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, providing you're eating plenty of meat, then uh, you'll be all right wearing it. <laughs> not, it's not for the, uh, for the, for the faint heart at that ring. Well, you know, what you do, the, in, just by its nature, it's all quite chunky, mm. isn't it? It is. I mean, I've, I've started trying to move across a little bit. I've done, I've done a collaboration with a, uh, with a jewellery shop down in Titchfield on the south coast as well. So they've got not – it's not obviously they don't have an alternative branding, but they've found they've got some – unusual customers going in there now and again, even in amongst all their high-end jewellery. So I've been doing a few more female-orientated, but still rock and roll kind of snake-related pieces of jewellery. Yeah, them, yeah. Which has been quite nice, you know, doing you know, like almost like poison, apple, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. Much more feminine. It's a bit of a branching out for me, but it's still staying within that uh, uh, sort of rock and roll alternative feel. It's oh, sticking on brand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, is it harder to do more delicate stuff? I mean, I, I know nothing about what you do, so I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, the, the, the thing that, that I do, I'm, I'm carving uh, carving wax. Uh, so if you're obviously doing a big, chunky skull ring, it's going to stand up to a lot much more kind of uh, handling, if you like. But once you get much smaller and you get a little bit more delicate, a little bit finer, you know, big, chunky sausage fingers like me is going to be a little bit, you hear that fateful crack. Ah, shit, it's broken. As you're carving, you know, so it's kind of, uh, it's just a matter of getting used to it, I think. Have you built a relationship with any of these bands and off the back of these designs? Are these kind of people you talk to all the time? You know, like the photo you know, um, of Keenan with a ring on his finger, for instance. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Christina, I'll speak to quite, yeah, every now and again. Uh, Carla, I actually, we went to LA in 2019 and uh, she let us use her apartment for a week. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not too bad right off uh, Hollywood Boulevard. So, yeah, that was kind of, yeah, consider that a fairly good relationship. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's quite cool. I mean, those kind of things alone, it's, it's memories, it's stories. It is it's all part of, the, part of the enjoyment, isn't it? It's an element of trust as well that I found with these people. That they're, they're, whether, I'm a, whether I just give off some kind of, a, you know, like a, a genuine vibe, um, that these people are... They must get all this. They must get shit like that all the time. Oh, fuck you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Yeah. But then from a very short relationship doing some jewelry, you go, oh, we're coming to LA. Oh, well, I'm not going to be there. Do you want to use the apartment? And you're thinking, how many times have you ever offered that to people you've been there? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so, 
Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange one, but it's, uh, I'll, I'll take it all the time. It's good. It's when you turn up and there's already 10 other people staying in their apartment. And yeah, true. Just it out to everybody. Yeah, forgot to tell you that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what have been your favourite ones then, of the ones you've done so far? The collaborations, definitely Christina. Yeah. The, um, the I'm No Saint ring. That, that just took off, like, unbelievable. Um, we did it, <clears throat> sort of, when was it? Maybe 2012, 2013. We'd be doing it over WhatsApp at the time. So I was just texting her, look, I'm going to be in the studio tonight from seven o'clock, be online. I'll just ping you some pictures as and, as and when I'm working. She designed the ring. I said, you know, do you want to design this thing? She came back to me um, initially. Oh, yeah, I've got an idea for a baby with skull eyes. Nice. Like, ah, yeah, great. <laughs> Not so sure of the saleability of that. Um, so we played around with it a little bit, gave it a couple of like little devil horns and, and just fucked around with the design. And it just, yeah, man, it, it was amazing to kind of work almost with her looking over my shoulder without her looking over my shoulder. Because I could just send her a picture. She's like, oh, yeah, can you make an adjustment? But, yeah, cool. Can I make an adjustment? Send her another picture. Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah, we just come to this amazing little cheeky imp kind of design. That I think I've sold over 100 in the, in the past, which is a lot. It's, it's a very cool ring. It is a very cool design. I even had a customer of mine, Laura, in spain who had it tattooed on her shoulder wow people have named it they've given it names taken photographs of it with the empire state building it's just like man it's it's got a life of its own fucking hell See, really really yeah. odd that's that's got that's got to make you feel proud of your work more than more than anything it just oh. that kind of that kind of love for what you do yeah yeah man. It, 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 again it's that thing yeah i know you know you've got to pay the bills and whatever but that you can't money can't buy that. that's no. what any artist that's what any artist will do it for yeah, it's, it's getting your art out there and, and sort of genuine art. Yeah. yeah, 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 genuine lovers of either the music, the art, whatever yeah. it may be. You know? Whatever it is, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what have yeah, you got? Mate, what have you? What's, what's what's next? What are you doing going forward now? What's what's in the the pipeline? Um, not a lot at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm really good at promoting this thing. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I've, I've I've got a few ideas sort of floating around. Um, yeah, I kind of want to. I want to do a collection of just one-offs. So I'll just sit down and I'll just start making stuff. If I, yeah, I get some spare time and just make something, and just put it up as like a gallery piece and go look. Well, there you go. This is this is what it's going to cost. This is not being commissioned by anybody. There's going to be no copies made. Just kind of get into it, almost like a different, maybe a different niche. Yeah, sort of part of the market, you know what I mean. But still, obviously, keeping keeping with the branding. Maybe that that kind of thing. We'll see how it goes. Well, who would you love to do one for, though? If, you know, that one person who would come to you and say, look, do something for us. Who would it be? What band was? I can't imagine it'd be Metallica, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> what, what makes you think that? <laughs> um, I, I mean, to be fair, I would, I would still love to do a Pantera ring. Yeah. Year, I did a couple of those. One for, uh, or actually two, yeah, Davey and Keith from The Grudge. So I did one for... for um, Dave and then Keith. Oh man, is it still available? No, Dave's at it. Can you make me one? Yeah, all right. Yeah, so like CFH. Yeah. So if yeah, if I could just do something with Pantera, I've done Ministry. I can't, you know, that, that for me was like that was the pinnacle of, of like fandom. Doing something for with Al Jurgensen, you know, it was just that was bad. Did you meet him? Mm. What's yeah, what's he, what's he like in real life? Because you hear all sorts of stories. Crazy, fucking bonkers. 
<laughs> the um, first time I met him was uh, on a tour bus at the back of the Kentish Town Forum. It was a weird, weird combination of events because there was a when I did the Morbid Angel Ring, um, oh, there was a, a guy called Otto, a mutual friend of the guy that commissioned the Morbid Angel Ring originally. Uh, he was he used to work for Dean Guitars, so he kind of did a lot of the hooking up. And he said to me, "Who, who would you like to work with?" And I was like, oh, "Man, I'd love to work with Ministry." And uh, he just went, "Oh, leave it with me." Next thing you know, he's hooking me up with with um, with ministry. So I'm sitting in the Assembly House pub over the road, chatting on WhatsApp with Otto in Tampa. He's hooking me up with ministry in the tour bus just around the corner. So I was like, right, okay. Go around there, I get on the back of the tour bus. I'm meeting Al, got a couple of pictures of Al. We're just chatting, shit. And he's going, oh, man, when was the last time you saw us play? And I'm like, oh, it was 2006 at Wacken. He's like, no, no, well, we didn't play Wacken in 2006. Definitely played Wacken 2006. <laughs> yeah, it did. I was there That's as the well. last Wacken I went to. You were at Wacken 2006. <laughs> no, no, man. Call me crazy, but we didn't play Wacken. Uh, with that, his manager came over and he went, uh, <clears throat> Al, you've just released a live album, Wacken 2006. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can so, actually. Yeah. I was there in 2006. I can remember that. Mm. One of the greatest gigs ever, I think. Um, I went 2006, 2007. It, it's it's like metal mecca that place. It, it's a yeah. it's a lot of fucking effort, but it, it's worth it. Yeah, it's a bit a bit of a trek, but yeah, worth every 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 sort of ounce of energy you take to get there. Great great festival. Yeah, it, it, it definitely. Whether I could handle it now, I don't know. But, yeah, you know, my old age, it's 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 a lot of hard work. But um, but yeah, I, I was amazed at I was amazed at the price of everything. You know, even back then, it it was everything there was cheap. The quality yeah. of the beer was was so much better. Um, yeah, everything in glass bottles. I know, which led to a lot of broken glass. But just the general sort of, you know, way of the place. Apart from the fact that German people can't queue, that's that's one thing I did notice. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously we're good at it. Or yeah, but, or are you just too British? Well, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I was. Just, yeah. Where where do I where do I queue? This is just a mass of people. I don't get it. The Germans are looking at us going. What are these idiots doing queuing up in a line for nothing? They don't even know what's at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I, que- like, I queued up. I queued up for about two hours to buy a Sabbath T-shirt. I saw on the merch stands and got there and didn't didn't have any of them. N- nothing. Nothing. Just still up there yet, but no, nothing. You see what I mean? You queued up all that time. All the Germans oh, are going. You want a Sabbath T-shirt? They've already fucking sold out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. But yeah, no, I, look, it was a, it was a great experience, and Hamburg was a great city as well. But I, mm. I couldn't handle it now. Fuck that. Well, I've been to Hamburg. Been back to Hamburg a couple of times just because I love the city. It's very just, cool city. Yeah. It's just total madness. Total. Uh, like kind of un- uncontrolled or controlled madness. I don't know what it is. But it, it's, I don't think I've ever been anywhere quite like it, to be honest. Hamburg, I just, I love it. The, the whole, the whole Reeperbahn district, it's, it's like, because obviously, you know, say London Soho, for instance, it's, it's a little bit tucked away in it, but the Reeperbahn in Hamburg is just so there and in your face, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like a mile, I think, isn't it? Like a yeah. mile of just yeah. absolute, just no hold barred debauchery. But you never see any trouble there. You never no, see any problems. No. There's groups of women, groups of guys. It's just it's totally safe. Probably because it's that maybe it's like maybe it's like Crowleyism. It's just anything goes. So at that yeah. point, everybody's cool with it. If you start yeah, so why cause trouble? trouble. Going, it's out of the other. You know, I don't know. It's never. Did you trouble. ever um, ever go in a bar called the Clockard? 
no. Um, this, I mean, this is in the fairly early days of of internet, I suppose, in it, two thousand and six. Not early days, but early ish. Um, I used to go on a website called the Metal Travel Guide. It, it probably still exists. Oh, yeah, I don't I know. That. yeah, yeah. And I uh, found this bar, and it was literally down an alleyway. It was a door and up some stairs. And it was this proper grimy little bar. And, uh, you know, the guy behind the bar, it was 50 cents for a beer, for a little stubby bottle of beer. Perfect. And he was like, you know, we've got a terrace if you want to go and have a sit on the terrace. And we looked, oh, what do you mean you've got a terrace? I can't see anything. And he was like, see that hole in the wall over there? If you crawl through <laughs> that hole, you'll come out to the terrace. And you're literally just like going through a fucking cat flap. It was great because the terrace looks right over the main Reaper Barney. You had this amazing view of the whole thing. It was incredible. Were you not a little bit concerned about what's on the other side of that hole? Ah, fuck Did it. You see through it. Fuck it. I was like 25. Just got Who images cares? of um, Peter Duncan in Flash Gordon sticking his hand <laughs> in the pool. You know what I mean? What's in ah, there? What's in it. there? No, we'd already been drinking. Fuck it. Get through the hole. Yeah, what's the worst? You're in Hamburg. Yeah, let's see what happens the on the other side. It's the worst thing when you go into a hole in Hamburg. We, we survived. We survived. It was fine. But um, yeah, but yeah, look, I, I would definitely go back there. Mm. Um, so look, I, uh, I I I touched on um, I touched on Metallica there a little bit because you know trying to sort of squeeze it into the conversation, considering we're we're a week yeah. from the release of you know obviously the greatest metal album of the last decade. Um, I am curious. I am, I am curious to um, to know what you thought of it. Um, from an objective point of view, if you will. Uh, I, I, well, okay. Well, considering I've not really paid any attention to any Metallica output since Load and Reload, and even then I couldn't tell you a single song that's on, well, Fuel maybe. I Just two albums that I've just, I bought and I'm like, well, that's it. I've written them off. Um, I actually listened to Hardwired today for the first time just to kind of get a little bit more background on yeah, where this album's come from. And to be honest, I prefer Hardwired. Hardwired's a good album. I, I stand by surprised that. Surprised me. It surprised me. It felt more, felt more coherent. Like the tracks, kind of the album as a whole, felt like an album. I think yeah. seventy-two seasons feels like just a load of songs that they've kind of written as a tribute to their favorite bands, without actually forming a, a fully fledged album. If you know what I mean. There's a, there's a lot of. It feels disjointed. No, I I, I get that. I mean listened to it a few times i've listened to it a fair few times i've only really been able to listen to it in the car um no i pre-ordered it on vinyl from metallica's own web store and they just cancelled my fucking order because they couldn't fulfill it the delays you know and all this kind of stuff it's like you know i come to you your own fucking uk-based web store and you can't even supply me with the vinyl buy so, from the band they say buy from the fuck, label fuck you say, Lars. no problem fuck you <laughs> I'm going fuck to just download it for free and fuck you. Get back yeah. to Christie's and sell your fucking paintings, you can't. But look, I, <laughs> I'm going to get it off Napster. I've, I've, look, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed it so far. And look, mm. they're, they're, they're one of those bands that will polarise opinion probably more than any other metal That's band it. out there. And and they 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 will take a lot of stick, but I can't imagine they give a flying fuck. You no. know, why should no. they? But I, look, I like it. You're right. It is a bit of a tribute to the fact they love Black Sabbath and they love Thin Lizzy and, and whatnot, but... I'll be honest, yeah. I fucking love it. I can't remember the name of the track on there, but it opens with a very crowbar riff. That very kind of that melodic, like like harmony kind of sludgy, sludgy riff. And then yeah. it just goes. But I'm just finding anything by Metallica lately is just it's like one riff pony songs. They 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 struck a formula with Sabbath True, where they've got, oh, we've got a great riff. 
let's just play it to death. Yeah. You know, okay. like, I, I'm, I don't want to be the guy going, ah, oh, the first four or five albums, whatever. But yeah, you listen back to the older material and it was riff after riff after riff after riff and all yeah. killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it just went on these tangents that, and then come back to the main riff where now it just feels like, oh, we've got a good riff. Let's just keep going over and over and over and over. Come back and then go back again, you know? That for me, it just it gets boring. I, I get that. I, I've I've seen a few comments knocking about as well that there's there's some songs that you could probably knock two or three minutes off. That's that's another yeah, thing. I, I do agree that. with that. Some yeah. and some of them are probably a little bit too long. Um, we they they've been guilty of that for a few years now. Yeah, long songs. I don't quite get it. It's almost like they're a bit like what Maiden do now. They they're almost trying to write long songs. I yeah. So I'll throw that one out there as well. I'm 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 quite notorious for not being a Bruce Dickinson era Maiden fan either probably for the similar reasons that it, it i don't know i prefer the punkier end of it with uh with with diano or yeah the, the earlier uh metallica where they've got these more fire there yeah now, like you say it just feels like they're going on and on and on just because you know we can write a 12 minute song yeah but you don't have to just because you should no so, I, yeah. I, I i agree with that sometimes it's um yeah sometimes four five six minutes is enough mm. no you don't need to double that length yeah, you know, especially if you're just trotting back over the same material you did in the last five minutes. Yeah, yeah, re- re- yeah, repetitive is. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I do get, I do get that. But I, ironically, the longest song on on the album, um, which I can't even remember what it's fucking called because it's a stupid name. Was but it, it's the final song. It'll come it, back it, to me in a minute. Im 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 Rama. Rama, yeah, that Rama, one. Rama, Rama, Rama Ding Dong or wherever it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, that. See, that shows how memorable it is. But <laughs> <laughs> that's... Um, in Emirata. That's the one. That's it. In a, that's that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. Shame on me for not knowing that when I'm sitting there saying how much I love the album. Um, yeah, that's probably even worse. But um, <laughs> that's that for me is the strongest song. Yes, it's long. Yeah. It's the longest song I've ever written. But there's, there's a bit more going on. It's a bit more it interesting. It doesn't feel long. This is what I mean. Funny you enough, know, Bean said the same thing. It doesn't feel that long. Right, right. When you've got like six or seven minutes of the same riff, sad but true, perfect example. You get about two thirds of the way in and you're like, oh, what a great song. And it goes, dun, 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 and it comes back in again. And you're like, no, there is no need for that. Just stop there. Stop after four and a half minutes. Christ, I'm time, getting, time and a place. I'm getting to sound like Padre. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it's, it's, it's valid though. The, what, look, the one thing is, is, Metallica are, are almost on a lose-lose, aren't they? Because if they were to write a thrash yeah, album, they'd probably they'd get dug out for that as well. Because mm. they're 60-year-old men doing a thrash album. So Exodus and all the other lot. Well, that's true, yes, but they've all they've never strayed from that formula. They've always been that's that thrash I mean. band, haven't they? Whereas Metallica yeah. have gone all over the fucking place. I I just think because when they when they when they threw out Lux Turner, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm still not a fan of Hetfield's singing voice whoever told him he could sing no I, i'm not obviously, either. I, I, obviously it's a joke that got out of hand <laughs> but but i you know what but that lux eterna was kind of oh man this is this is promising still a bit mid-pacey but yeah you, you're getting the old kill them all riffs back in there yeah yeah and then the next track you were like oh, oh fuck really you know what i mean i just, I just felt it was going to be yeah maybe that thrash out not not flat out exodus overkill sort of level but quicker than the mid pace Lars Ulrich, he's good at what he does, but he doesn't do a lot, if you know what I mean. I, I put it out on social media when that single dropped, actually, saying a similar th- sort of thing. If the album's going to mm. be like this, it's going to yeah. be really enjoyable because it just sounds 
it sounds like they're just enjoying their music. They just it was a bit it was a bit yeah. new wave of traditional heavy metal, wasn't it? it? Had that kind of feel to it, you know? Yeah, but but that's what they was what they were at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking, well, if you'd have carried on in that in that vein, well, me me certainly, I would have been a lot more up for it. And then when you get that next track, I can't remember what it was that they, they threw out, and you just ah, here we go, the mid pace again. But nah, it wasn't it wasn't for me. I think it's it almost, almost very... the keys, really. The drop the first single they drop yeah. is a sort of three and a half minute, you yeah. know, straight to the point. Yeah, and and every, the rest of the album is completely different from that. That's what I mean, it's like showing showing the uh, the big movie trailer, and then all the rest of the movie is shit. But you put all that good stuff into that that minute and a half trailer. Oh, how many times does that happen? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's uh, look, I, 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 I do like the album. I've got, mm. I've got realistic expectations with Metallica these days. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I like Hardwired. I like Death Magnetic as well. But they've also been guilty for that fucking Lulu thing a few years ago. Didn't even, didn't even bother. Look, I've only ever listened to one song, and it made me want to be sick. So it's. I think I'd rather listen to Lulu than Metallica. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it probably was that bad, to be fair. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, when, I suppose when you get to that stage in your career, you can all, all kind of almost do what the fuck you want. Could be Lars Ulrich farting on a snare drum and people still buy it. Yeah, well, Mike Patton does that and he, he manages to get away with it. Yeah, see, I I quite often get a bit of stick for my opinions on Mike Patton's music. Like, I love Faith No More. I mm. genuinely love Faith No More, but... Some of the stuff he does, you know, Mr. Bungle, Phantomus, and all the other weird shit he's done. I don't get it. I don't get um, it. Whether you, I don't know, whether you're supposed to get it or whether uh, this is a thing with, with somebody like Patton. He just, well, he does, he does Faith and more to, to pay the bills and to, fund his, and to fund his record label. And then he's yeah. like, right, okay, well, that's that done. Now I can go and fart on a stick and uh, record it. Yeah, that's, that's what he that album he did Sound of Adult Voices where he was just touring with Faith No More during Angel Dust I think and just recording in his hotel room at night just screams and screeches and all these mad shit that comes out of his mouth and just put it out as a record he does make incredible noises I'll give him that but there you go yeah yeah <laughs> he's a a unique talent I think is the uh, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and what... I've never seen I've never seen them live though Faith No More I'm quite disappointed on that really? I'm, not, I'm oh. not sure whether whether seeing them live now when they do occasionally play would be the right, I don't know. I don't know whether I'd get faith in them or, you know, like I'd want it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but then I, I think with bands like faith in them more, they wouldn't do it half-assed. They would only do it. No, no, definitely not. It was going to be as, as good as it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I kind of put them in that, in the same realms as bands like Rage Against the Machine with that. that if they're going to do it, they'll just, they'll, they'll do it and they'll, but yeah. there is that element of like bands like Rage, they are getting older, and sometimes it does sound a little bit trite, if you know what I mean. Lyrics, well, you mean it's not like Rage Against the Machine; it's more like just getting a little bit upset with the machine. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's um, there's 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 a whole world of things to get pissed off about now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's there's so yeah. much material. If that if that's your your bag and that's what you want to write lyrics about, yeah. Then you've got endless material at the minute. But then, like you say, if you're getting older, uh, it, 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 is that anger still angry enough? Or, or again, maybe like the, the 60 year old guys playing Thrash album. Is, is Zach De La Rocha jumping around on stage at what, probably 50? Is it going to kind of come across the same way? 
yeah, probably not. Probably not. You know, the whole fuck you, I won't do what you tell me coming from a 50-year-old <laughs> just seems a bit weird, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like I always used to think about sort of Linkin Park. You're like, well, you know, oh, I don't want to get up for school today. Like, man, yeah. you're like, you're like mid-30s now and you're a multi-millionaire. Yeah. I know, obviously, like, you know, I'm not going to touch on the on the issues that the guy, like, obviously had. but Yeah, of course. But there is a, there is a certain element of, like, oh, come on, really? Yeah. All these, 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 like, the Green Days and the bands like that, it's just kind of, well, you can't keep crying about you know, sort of, I can't afford to buy a car. Of course you can, man. You've got 10 in the garage. Like, <laughs> it, it's but not that, cutting it, you know? <laughs> but that's the difference. They're, those bands are are of that era where they did make a living from their music. And, and now it's just, it's yeah. just not the case, is it? Sadly not. Sadly you not. Know? I mean, Carla, Carla from Butcher Babies, actually, she, she enlightened me on, on, on that even quite maybe like four or five years ago. When they were, they started doing the VIP packages, you know, yeah. like certainly in America, where you pay an extra twenty dollars or whatever, and you get to meet the band. And yeah, yeah. And she's like, "We do not make any money from the record sales anymore. It's no. fucked. To even earn a, an average wage in, in a band of that size, you've got to do, um, you've got to do all the meet and greets. You've got to do the VIP. You've got to do a million T-shirts at the merch. Yeah. Which obviously, we're going to come on to that at some point. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? You've got to do all that. And she's got her art thing, her art project on the other side of that, just in order to, to sort of pay the bills. Yeah. You know, what happened to like record sales and things like that it means nothing anymore. And that, that, and that, that in itself is, is a bit of a sad indictment of what we've become. I mean, yes, vinyl sales have jumped considerably in the last couple of years and it's great to see, but it's still yeah. on, it's still on a very, um, it's still a bit of a niche, and you know, it's it's not oh, like yeah, buying, yeah. You st- people are still buying one of five hundred or one of a thousand. They're not buying them by the million. And, 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 I, think like, and I think it's only a certain, maybe not a generation, but yeah, like you say, like a niche market, mm. and maybe a niche music as well. You know, certainly with 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 Saint Vitus, Candlemas, those sort of bands that I that I love and, and I deal with, fortunately, like the you know fans will just go, they'll buy every record on yeah. vinyl, gatefold, and bust the whole works. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just because. Yeah, that, you know. That's yeah, com- completeness. Yeah, but it's also fucking expensive. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing. New vinyl is fucking expensive. Yeah, I went in rough trade a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that was a mistake. Twenty nine quid for a fucking yeah. record. I'm like, come on. Nah, I, I just yeah. Everybody's trying to get their their percentage, and at the expense of the band who made the music to begin with. And, and and this this is the thing because obviously bands have given up their they've given up their income with the music you know obviously yeah. the likes of Lars Fort Napster back in the day but eventually it was gonna it was gonna take over and Spotify Apple Music and Deezer and SoundCloud and all of them all right it's great yeah. the music's out there you want to hear a new band every week there's 30, 40, 50 fucking new releases on Spotify that you can go and listen to and it's great yeah but you know if we want bands to tour. And I've I've read some stuff in the last couple of weeks, like Danny Filth and Craig Filth is one that's saying that touring is now a, a pain. You know, mm. it, it is it is a real chore. So and and they've got to make different decisions because it's all based around business. And it's yeah, it's it's forcing bands into that situation where they've they've got to tour just to make a living and just to exist for us, the fan, to enjoy. And it's it's like a it's it's just going around and around in circles and, and no one seems to be winning out of it ticket prices are going up we'll talk about the merch in a minute 
yeah. it's it sucks. It fucking sucks. It's been it's almost like it's being bled dry. Someone's making money out of it though. Oh god, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, you know, I I just it it's it just it, it's it's the never ending story of the artist who's just yeah. Oh well, if you're doing that, then I can get a percentage off that if I help to promote, or yeah. if I then give you the facility to use X Y Z, and you know I'll provide this, but you're not actually doing any work, are you? You're you're just facilitating the artist in 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 what they do. Yeah, you're then demanding way more than you deserve to to earn out of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, what, what we, Clutch, the Clutch still do their stuff self-funded? I'm sure. I think they, I think ago, they, yeah, I think they are completely self-funded, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was a few years ago that Clutch went, went totally self-sufficient. Yeah. So it is possible. How much work has to go into that, I have no idea. But if you've got complete ownership, surely it's worth putting the, the donkey be. work in, isn't it? It must be. It must be. But then, you know, how much donkey work goes into it? And are, and are you willing to commit 100% to that? Yeah. If you don't, then there's no point doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. It's, it's, it's all or nothing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's sad, but it also shows a commitment to what you're doing. Yeah. And I think in the long run, if that's the way it goes, in the long run, then the cream should technically rise to the top and you're going to get what you should get better bands or better artists or whatever, whatever it is, like music or, or art or sculpture or jewellery, you should then get the, the best of the best out of it yeah. and all the rest will just fall aside. Yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose it, it's it's now leaving, especially international touring bands going from the US to Europe or, or the other way, they're yeah. almost now having to make, you know, logistical decisions rather than just going, yeah, fuck it, let's tour Europe. Now it's like, yeah. right, how much is this going to cost? How do we get the flights? Where do we stay? There's no tour support from labels anymore. Yeah. You know, it, but like Anthrax, for instance, have just basically pulled out of all their European festival shows. Oh, shit. And that, that is blatantly a business decision. I mean, obviously, Charlie Bonatti wow. with, with Pantera, so I'm, I'm sure that's yeah. got something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. It's blatantly they've gone, right, we've got to do the numbers here. Can we actually do this without having to get in the back of a transit van and drive all the way around Europe like, you know, like we're we're starting all over again. Wow, tough. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's big for Anthrax. That's a major, that's yeah, a major sort of fault. But then I don't know. I was I was listening to an interview with um, Kurt Winstein from Crowbar the other day, and he was saying that they've never looked back since they switched down to doing it all in a transit. Yeah, they'll happily come to Europe, do like two three weeks in a transit, date after date after date, put in the work, no breaks because every break. Every day off is a day lost. For them. Yeah, you'll get in the transit like the old, old old school. Go back to America with full pockets with, with you know with what they've earned. Yeah, and happy as Larry. So maybe that's the, maybe that's the way forward. Maybe maybe just gonna have to suck up and you're like ah uh, you know we're not gonna have the tour bus with a jacuzzi in the back this time guys <laughs> so, uh, you know maybe that's what it again that, that that's maybe the way forward. I kind of see it from. Um... I see it from Anthrax's point of view to a certain extent without wanting to sort of to, to butter up a little bit, but they obviously got to a point, you know, late eighties and early nineties where they were massive and they're obviously, oh, God, yeah. you know, they were making a lot of money and, and they had, would have had all the luxuries. Whereas now, yeah, if they're not getting that, it probably is hard to make that step back. And I would also probably suggest that as the older you get, the less you're going to want to step back. Like yeah, maybe in the yeah. late eighties and the early nineties, when you're, when you're young and, and, and you're full of fire, 
Yeah. Yeah, you're enjoying the luxuries, but you don't actually need them. You don't give a fuck. You still get in the back of a transit. Whereas now at the time you actually need the luxuries because you're getting older and you think, man, I need a hot bath after a show. Yeah, my back's fucked. I can't do this anymore. I'm not sleeping in a fucking bunk again. I need a hotel. (laughs) Yeah. Back then, you just get so fucking smashed, it didn't matter anymore. You just, you know, just pass out, out and, the band's tour and be done with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it, look, it's, it's a shame. We're still, look, at the end of the day, we, the fans, are still getting to see bands, which is great. And yeah. since COVID has, has, has fucked off, everything's starting to get back to normal. But yeah, it is, you know, obviously times are hard. People haven't got a lot of money. 250 plus quid for a download ticket, for instance. What? Which, which is, I believe, is as close to being sold out near as damn it. So that's eighty odd thousand people that have paid two hundred fifty quid plus. You got the VIP tickets on top of that, which are which the are same lineup as last year, but just in a different order. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> but but it's, they, these are the things that people seem to be willing to pay for. You know, I mean, if you think about it, yeah. value for money. If you go to download and you watch fifty bands, yeah, then you've got a bit of value for money. But it's all the money you'll spend on top of that when you're there as well, isn't it? When they're going to be charging, I mean, I've never been a download, but I can only begin to imagine how much they're going to charge for a, a for a shit beer in a plastic cup. Yeah. Because let's face it, it's still going to be shit beer in a plastic cup. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be going there and getting like really nice craft ales and shit in a glass or a bottle. No, it's still going to be crap. And they're going to be probably yeah. knocking them out at eight quid a pint. I think it is seven, eight quid a pint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so, you know, yeah, like be there all day. Full respect to, for, to Bloodstock. You know, they stuck with five pound a pint last year, which is still not cheap, but I'll, I'll take that. Oh, totally. You know, totally. In the confines of a festival. So, you know, that did make a difference. But yeah, 250 quid plus a ticket, 80,000 people, Metallica playing twice. Oh, so, uh. <laughs> Thursday and Saturday. Um, uh, yeah, two different sets. Both that's not bad. Different. That's not bad. I mean, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. but 250 quid. That's, that's that's a guess. It's probably more than that, to be fair. Especially now that it's four days, it's probably more than that. It's probably closer to three hundred quid. And then then you can kind of yeah. Then you 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 very quickly fall into the into the argument of like, well, why did Manifest and uh, Dominion go tits up this week? And this is it. And everybody's put all their money into essentially the Amazon of metal festivals. The Amazon of metal festivals. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was thinking about that today. You know, you, you you've got that reliability. I'm I'm as guilty as everybody else. I've got my prime membership. I fucking hate yep. having it. It's Me like, too. you know what? I need something urgently. Shit. I, I I can order it now, it'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. So you have that comfort. You're gonna go to download and I'm sure you're gonna have the comfort of of showers. You're gonna have the comfort of a well organized, well oiled machine festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you put your money where the where the, the guarantee is. Yeah. I've got a friend of mine who got tickets for Manifest last year. She's still waiting for the refund. And now it's gone tits up again. And it's just like, come on, really? The two two festivals gone tits up in a week. So if anybody doesn't know, Dominion Festival, which was which is I think they started it last year or the year before, but they've gone to three days or tried to get a three days this year in Durham, which is in the north of England, which is a, a you know part of the world where you don't there isn't really a, a metal festival at all. There's nothing up there. Yeah. So they kind of assumed this will sell, but five percent. Of the potential tickets, that's it. Joking. Five percent. Is that the, the the festival with with Blind Guardian? Yeah, Blind Guardian, Shiraz um, Ungol, Skindred, Orange Goblin. Yeah, all that. Yeah, it's yeah, quite a decent lineup. Things. Sodom, you know. Yeah, fuck. I, yeah, I remember looking at it. And we, we were because te- it postponed from last year, right? I'm sure it was another one. I like think it was postponed last year as well. Yeah. 
I remember, yeah, we were looking at it going, oh, yeah, we should go to that. Like, like my, my other, like, oh, yeah, Blind Guardian. Definitely, we go and see that. Blind Guardian, I think, fucking shot him. Yeah, Sir Ethan Gold. Like, man, this is going to be great. And then it got postponed. Like, oh, okay. Like Manifest. We were close to going to Manifest, and then they started doing, oh, I can't remember what happened last year. But there was something about Manifest that the website looked really weird, and it was kind of, well, they're not really giving out a lot of information about the festival. So we held back. I'm thinking, this, this feels like it's going to go shit. Yeah. And like the whole it did. And now it's gone double shit. So yeah. they they're they're taking they're taking some serious abuse. The two guys that have put manifest together, um, they are yeah. taking some serious abuse on social media. I mean, they're basically saying that you know they they needed a quarter of a million quid just to get just to get moving, basically, and they're using their own money and they've 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 gone into complete liquidation. There's there's just no way of sustaining that. But people have bought tickets. Quite a lot of people have bought tickets by all accounts. Yeah. And like what you said, from last year. Yeah, yeah, last year. And I mean, I, you know, I'm not also not being funny, but Dominion was what it was in in Durham or whatever, but probably in a, in venues that they could at least manageably take on. Yeah. So I don't know what's happened with Dominion. I don't know why there's such low ticket sales, but Manifest. What are you thinking? Putting a metal festival in a top high end luxury leisure um, <laughs> resort with a golf course in the middle of our end nowhere? And you didn't, ah, yeah, that was the thing. They didn't even have a shuttle bus running. Oh, so see, it's, it's, it's little things like that, isn't it? It was like Milton Keynes is the nearest town, and that was like 20 miles away. Yeah. So how the fuck do you get to the festival if you don't drive it? Yeah. And 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 I think that was what was doing me. I'm like, why, why have they not got a shuttle bus running? This, this feels a bit odd. Not happy about this, you know, and it was kind of uh It is those, I, those I, it is those little things. Like, I, I, I went to one yeah. of the very first outdoor bloodstocks. Fuck me, 2005, 2006, whenever it was. I can't remember what it was. Uh, And even then, when only about two and a half, three thousand people turned up, they still ran shuttle buses from Derby. You have to. You know? You simply have to. Just on on the German festival blueprint, every single German festival is small to to whacking size as a shuttle bus. Yeah. 24 hours a day for the entirety of the festival and a day either side. You know, the, mind you, the uh, the the Wacken shuttle bus was like fucking downtown Vietnam. It was <laughs> that was that that was that was tough going. It was like you know, if if I don't make it, please tell my my wife that I love her and all that kind of thing. It was, yeah, it was, that that was an experience in itself. Fucking. Admittedly, hell. I never took the Wacken shuttle bus. So I used to do. We used to do the Partisan shuttle bus a lot when we sort of downsized from Wacken a lot, a lot a few years after that. And that was that was cool. It was just a, it was an old battered school bus with. Uh, uh, welcome to hell 666 on the top of the um uh on on the front of the bus nice they had a bar on the bus just doing ice cold vodka shots taking you to the festival you're like man this is just what more do you want yeah exactly and that would, that, and that would run for five days for a three-day fest but well, that's the, across europe this this there's there's, there's, a, there's a metal festival every weekend yeah you know, in, yeah. in all in all far-flung pages i mean have you seen metal days new location no You've got to check this out. I mean, Metal Days in Slovenia, the old location yeah. was stunning anyway, wasn't it? But the new one, Metal Camp, wasn't it? Yeah. The new one it is it's 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 just unreal. It looks like one of the most beautiful places on earth. Wow, wow. I but that's that's a unique selling point, isn't it? Yeah, totally. You know, I, I know a couple of friends. I've never been when there used to be Metal Camp. A that's few it. Metal camp, go, that was it. And it was like even a week before the festival started, you could go there and just camp, go like 
mountain biking, yeah. you know, sort of whitewater rafting, and then you're doing the festival. And or what, what better way to get rid of a hangover than just jump in the river? Yeah. 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 Great. But we, a lot of the problems in, in the UK, and I heard a quote from um, Olaf from Enforcer. Someone asked him why his band don't play in the UK very much. And, and he's like, look, this kind of heavy metal doesn't sell in the UK. You know, people aren't, we, there are fans, but it's on such a small yeah. scale that it's just, and with Brexit and everything now, <laughs> yeah. it's just not worth them coming here. And things like Dominion and Manifest are almost victims of that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's like, 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 yeah, like Blind Guardian. They've got their own festival in Germany, for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah. Over here, they could probably maybe half sell the underworld in Camden. Yeah. And that's about it. You think, well, what, what went wrong in this country? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're the country that shit. fucking spawned it in the first place, and that has all gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, didn't that go fucking tits up? But yeah, I, too much Limp Biscuit and, and new metal in this country, and, and too much indie, maybe. No, don't don't get me started on on beer or fucking. No, we talked enough about that on this fucking podcast. Look, you know, alongside that, as we've been mentioning a couple of times, is this whole situation with with merchandise. So it's been look, it's been it's been bounded about for a while now. But Dark Funeral posted on their own social media this week um, with a photo of their own merchandise stand, pointing fingers at the prices. This is Bristol Academy. They're obviously playing academies on their you know on their UK tour with Cannibal Corpse. They're having to charge £35 for a t-shirt. Um, so it's £25, 25% of that goes to the venue anyway. And if they sell over a certain amount, they give up another 27% of those profits. Sorry, another 27%? Another 27% of, of the, the additional profit that they make. Fuck me. So it's, it's again, Surely like, like I said earlier, someone's, someone is earning money out of all of this. But not the fucking bands. But when when bands are posting pictures of their own merch stand having a dig at it, that's when you know we, we've got a problem. My, my, see, my argument would be again, well, take a stand, take the merch stand down, or what? What yeah. Corrosion Performity did, you put one t-shirt up to fulfil your contract, yeah, and then you stick everything in the pub over the road, yeah, at ten quid a t-shirt, yeah, and you go back after the gig. And you have beers with the, with the fans. The pub is like, "Fuck me! I've just made enough money for the whole whole year." Yeah, you know, I know it's not always practical or not always feasible, but surely it, there's there's got to be more. There's got to be better ways. Just think outside the Bad box a little bit. Do deal. something different. But it, they're being they're being held to ransom. Like you said, there's like there's a contractual obligation that they must sell merch in the venue, mm. and yeah, then right. they must give up a percentage of their profits. Okay, so put a, I don't know, put a, put a fucking wristband up. There you go. Oh, how many have you got in stock? Oh, just the one. Just the one, yeah. <laughs> how much is it? 50 quid. All right, okay, well, you know, um, and, and and leave it at that. Well, we've, full, we've fulfilled our contractual obligation. It's, it's, fucking, what, it's fucking shit. Didn't, um, didn't Wasp a few years ago um, cancel a gig on the day in, in Bristol or something like that because of that, that same issue? I wouldn't be surprised. They just, they just got back on the bus and fucked off. Yeah, see, and but that almost needs to happen more. The bands need to take a bit of a stand as well. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. there's, yeah. there's no but band in the venue to sell the merchandise, then no one's going to make any fucking money. Exactly, exactly. So, the, I mean, the venue are already going, well, you know, you've complained, but we've registered, we've logged your complaint. Thanks very much. 
I've written a sternly worded letter. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what it's coming down to. The, but the if you thing, then pull all your merch out and you go, well, fuck you. The only thing about it, though, is 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 the actual tour T-shirt. So you went to see Wasp on this, this anniversary Wasp. tour, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago. I'm yeah. assuming they would have had specific tour T-shirts for that. Man, 40 quid. In the there round you go. But they, um, they're kind of, they want to grab onto that whole, it's in the moment, isn't it? So you'll buy it because it's a tour t-shirt and you're at the yeah. gig. But for the first time in a long time, I saw a guy outside with stacks of bootleg shirts on the pavement. Yeah, those were the days. Back in, exactly. Back in the old days. And I'm like, and I, I regret that I don't even have any of those old t-shirts anymore. And I just went out and, and to the guy's credit, he had an eye settle. So you could still pay like fucking <laughs> hell. Wasn't even cash. You're like, brilliant, fantastic. How much? Tenner. You're like, done. I'll take one. And I'm like, That'd you know, and then you, you're back in the roundhouse wondering why the queue for the merch stall in what a 3,000 capacity venue was only about two rows deep. Yeah. Because people have walked up and gone 40 quid. No, no, no. So I think yeah. I've done that pretty much every show I've been to in the last 12 months. Yeah. Which is sad, but I was just really, <laughs> yeah, really nostalgic when I saw the uh, the bootlegger <laughs> guy outside. I'm like, ah, oh, back in the old days. <laughs> I gotta admit, a bootlegger taking contactless that's 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 when you know the world's gone mad. True, true. I mean, I didn't check my bank balance afterwards, so whether he actually put a tenner on it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> I didn't get an immediate text from the bank going, "You're overdrawn." You realise you just spent two hundred quid on an Isaac? Like, no. no. <laughs> Ah, well, you know, at least it all goes to someone rather than just some corporate slag. <laughs> true, 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 true. But yeah. look, it's, it's easy to be it's easy to be negative about it all because there's lots to complain about. But at the same time, you know, we we are still getting to see these bands. And, and if we don't go to the gigs, we don't pay that money for the tickets. Yeah. We're going to end up losing out. They're just going to not bother. Yeah. You know, like tomorrow, tomorrow night, I'm taking my, my 14 year old daughter to her first gig. Um, it's not a metal gig. It's some American alt rock thing. I, I've no idea who they are. Um, <laughs> oh, you but, know damn well who they are. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I've tried. I've tried, but it, it doesn't do it for me whatsoever. Um, but you know what? It's, it's her first gig and it's her first experience. And and mm. the fact she can still have that. And yeah. to be fair, the tickets were only about 18 quid. But I know for a fact it's electric ballroom. So T-shirts will be 30, 35 quid. Yeah, but 18 quid for a gig at the ballroom, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. But then next week, I'm taking her to see Hell Ripper for a first proper gig. So, <laughs> where are they playing next week? Uh, uh, the Dome, Tufnell Park. Oh, fuck. What day? Uh, Saturday night. Ah, oh, the barbecue next Saturday. Ah, oh, uh, well, there you go. But... Oh, never mind. Actually, you're saying that there's a lot going on next Saturday. I realized there's um signature brewery in uh haggerston have got a doom all day with pantheist of all people funeral doom a doom all day i'm thinking yeah, but a funeral doom pantheist i love pantheist but in a in a craft brewery full of hipsters i'm not sure how this is going to go down oh i think i think it'll fit just just well i think it'll be fine <laughs> you just offer nothing but Maybe. stout you know like 10 percent proof stout you've got to. you've just got to you, you know you're missing a trick if you don't a funeral doom shouldn't be played during the day anyway. Just At least, pull the you curtains. Know, yeah, just yeah, pull the curtains, black out the windows completely. You yeah. can't do that kind of shit in the daylight. <laughs> but um, look, you know, like I said, going to a first gig is great. 
and Good. she's still got that experience. And and I think as long as that's still there, we'll we'll always still go to gigs. We'll always pay the ticket prices. You just we're just yeah. a little bit more choosy, I suppose, as to. I think certainly yeah. with with with, um, with somebody like your daughter, like the younger generation, the minute you've got their attention away from their phone, they'll realize. Well, hell, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. While we're doing this on Zoom, but you know, um, <laughs> the irony. But uh, yeah, the minute you've got their attention away from that mobile phone, and they're, they're experiencing a live event yeah. in the moment, and you know, hopefully they're not then taking fucking selfies all over the place. Then maybe that yeah, there is there is hope for the future when we get you know. Bit, bit cheesy on it but it needs it needs that it need it needs young people to just get involved in it and, and realize what it means yeah and, and and it's it's that feeling you get because when it when a gig is is great that buzz you get off that nothing mm. nothing beats it yeah you yeah. know it's, when, it's, when you're meeting people that you never would have met in a million years yeah but you're there in in the same environment with this with the same people that are there for the same reason and it's a bit, it, yeah, it, it's just that buzz. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, off the back of that, I want to shout out to the two guys from Birmingham that myself and Bean met at Obituary um, in, in London a, a while back. And and um, they were, I think they were about 18, 19, something like that. They traveled down from Birmingham to see Obituary and yeah. they were absolutely buzzing off their nut for that yeah. gig. And, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see yeah. that when they're patch jackets and everything and, the, you know, yeah. defending the faith like we still do now after all these years. I was actually having a conversation today with somebody I work with. Um, her son, he's what, 20, 21, 21 now? He, he's just getting into like Beermoth and, and you know, some, some, some really good sort of extreme black melt. He doesn't have any mates that he knows that are into that music. And he's going to gig after gig every single week just because he wants to. He good wants man. To see the bands and he's meeting people all over the shop. And he's like, yeah. and he's even got the attitude apparently where he's just like, I'll pay 35 quid for a shirt because I want to support the band that I've just seen. Yeah. Man, round of applause. I'm, I'm yeah. so, so happy for that guy. Look, it's better to go to a gig on your own than, than miss out altogether. I, I, I don't don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever been in that position where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm gonna have to, I want to go to the gig, but there's nobody that I know that I, that I know is going to be going. But yeah, I, I do know a few people that... that more than happy to do that on a regular basis. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's great just to get that that buzz. But you don't talk to anybody when you're, you're in the moment anyway, do you? So True, true. Yeah. No, I... just, just blabber, drunken kind of uh, 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 blabberings. Oh, yeah, fucking, I love this fucking song. <laughs> ah, all of that. Exactly that. Exactly. Either that or you're standing there with your phone in your hand for the entire fucking gig filming it all. <sighs> Look, you, you, you know... I, I do it for, for social media and stuff, a couple of minutes, I do yeah, bits yeah. and pieces like that, a few photos. You've got to take photos, that's fine. But yeah, those people yeah. that stand there and film an entire 90-minute gig on a phone, it just drives me fucking mental. Man, I went... <laughs> just reminds me, we went to uh, Slayer and Anthrax at Brixton Academy a few years ago with a mate. Um, and we were sort of like maybe two-thirds of the way back and there was a guy in front of us just on his own, constant filming, filming, filming. So we're like, we're standing behind him and we're kind of like, I don't, I don't like this. This is pissing me off. So he's just getting, putting his finger in his beer and just flicking beer over the top of the guy's head onto, <laughs> onto his camera, onto his phone. And this guy's just looking up every time thinking like the, the ceiling's leaking. <laughs> so, and he'd get back and then carry on filming and like flicking beer again. And he's like, for fuck's sake, was the air conditioning leaking? And we're just pissing ourselves <laughs> laughing behind. 
And then eventually we stopped doing it. And then he had the paranoia that every now and again, he'd just start looking up thinking that something's dripping on him. Like, <laughs> fantastic. And he stopped filming the gig. Yeah. It's just time and a fucking place, isn't it? It's, yeah. It, it's this whole... It, Padre said it a few times on this podcast that it's almost like people go to gigs to say they were at that gig, not to be at the gig. Oh, my, yeah, my pet peeve. Yeah. High on fire at the Underworld a few years back. Saturday night, sold out about three months in advance. And uh, during High on Fire set, it was about half empty. And you really? see everybody around the back bar of the Underworld sharing on social media, taking pictures of each other. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. The knock-on effect of that is that next year when High on Fire come back, they think that they can sell out the Underworld. Yeah. But next year, they're not going to be that famous anymore amongst the hipster crowd. Yeah. So they come back and then they're like, well, why have we only sold half the amount of tickets we sold last year? Because you've got the original fans here now. You haven't got the hipster crowd that just want to be at the gig. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it does. It's, it's misleading, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Look, we should probably we should probably stop moaning, really, because. <laughs> What we, came on it. Look, we, we do grumble a lot on this postcode on postcode on this postcode. See, this is what happens when you work in the fucking career game, isn't it? Um <laughs> on this podcast. But look, just having what have you been listening to lately that that's that's been flicking your switch then, you know, to sort of what, bring things more around to it. Other than the Metallica album. Ah oh, man, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, for the one that sounded like Padre again, I'm I'm I just I just keep going back to old stuff. Well, we, we all do that. Re-listening or, I don't know, but it, yeah, I can't honestly think of anything new that I've been listening to. No, just maybe like Motorhead. Ministry again, a lot. I just, I can't, yeah, I can always stick Ministry on ACDC. Actually, you know what? There was a, there's a few bands I've been finding, putting a playlist together on Spotify of uh, ACDC or not ACDC. Where you, you hear the opening <laughs> riff and you're like, is this an AC? Is this actually an ACDC band? Like, like, it's a track that's never got released, or oh shit, no, it's such and such. Oh man, I can't remember who it was. I'll, I'll send you a couple of the bands, or I'll, I'll send you the, the actual Spotify playlist. But there's about fifteen or twenty other bands I found that are identical to Bon Scott era ACDC. How many of them are Australian? No, uh, none. Oh, <laughs> well, that's surprising. All right, fair one enough. Of them, one of them's from Bill Bow. I think they're called Seventy Seven, something like that, and they are straight up like. Bond Scott worship ACDC, like new band, and they even sound their production sounds like old school. It's, it's great, really, really good. Yeah, I say there's, there's worse, there's worse things to to copy. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a formula that worked. Yeah, but to 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 be able to, I don't know, I don't want to sound like replicate it or copy it, but to kind of to almost pay tribute to it by sounding that close to the original, without sounding like the original. I don't know. So it's a it's a, it's a unique thing, maybe. I I love all the retro stuff that's around at the minute. This this I don't know if you've come across it, but the new wave of traditional heavy metal, as they're calling it, um, there's an entire yeah. YouTube feed for it. I'm really enjoying it because yes, there's there's a lot of run of the mill stuff. It's bound to be, but there's I've, I've, there's some gems there's in it as well. Good, yeah, there are there are some good bands. Oh, yeah, um, it's, a, it's an old formula. It's nothing new. No, well, it's metal. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How new can you get? You know, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, what's the band called? Uh, Zigzag. They actually sound like old Metallica demos. They're absolutely fucking fantastic. Zigzag, but, you say? Yeah. Shit name. I'm sure it's Zigzag. <laughs> it's Shit not great, name. Is it? 
but absolutely epic kind of like if you if you just discovered some kill them all demo tapes that's what it sound like well i'm gonna have to check that out then because that's fantastic that's exactly what i'm talking about i'll I'll, I'll ping you the link there yeah please do yeah see that's and that's what i mean it's it's almost like these these bands are coming out of the woodwork and it is that old school mentality of just it's rough and it's ready but it just sounds great it just sounds gritty yeah yeah, yeah, gritty. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and and it, and it sounds like the band have got a fire in them. You know, what yeah. I mean? they're doing it because they just want to go out and, and just just rage with it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple I should shout out. Um, so from this part of the world, well, from sort of Hawley, close to where I used to live, a band called Armstrong Gun, which okay. is, is that's a great name for a band. Very 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 early Saxon, really good. They're, they're worth a go. Uh, Night Wolf was another one I discovered a few days ago. Okay. Um, that's double F on the end of Nightwolf. Um, to distinguish them from the single F Nightwolf, obviously. Uh, which does exist. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it does. The, the, the artwork is a crude drawing of a, of a wolf on a Harley, so, you know, you can't really uh, get rid well, of that. Says it all. Um, Blaze on Right, they're another one. Really good. Yeah. Um, fuck me, what else have we got here? Cold Steel, they're a bit more thrashy crossover. But same kind of thing. Children of the Reptile, another really good one. Like the name. Yeah, it's a great name. Um, Evil Cult from Brazil, who we talked about a couple of weeks oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I remember you guys giving a shout on that. That's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, so this is what I mean. All that stuff yeah. is out there, and there's a lot of it in South America as well. Yeah, well, it's not like they're not known for it. Well, this is true. The scene is healthy. You know, nah, they're never going to make a living, but. Uh, and, and again, maybe that's what it is. That there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a, a, a realistic, um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there's a realistic nature to it. They know they're yeah. never going. They, they know they're never going to uh, buy a house off the back of it. No, no. But they still do it. You know, they're, they're not in a Western kind of uh, like Western European or North American kind of culture where it's like, oh, maybe we could be, uh, we could be rock stars out of this. They're, they're, they're realistic. They're never going to be. So they, no. just, but they still do it. Just go out there and have have some fucking fun, yeah. And enjoy it, you know. And and this, I think that's why the the traditional metal stuff is is so popular at the minute because you know they they go out on their own stage and they they strap on all the the leather and the studs and so you've got that kind of that Judas Priestness about it where yeah. you become, almost become a bit of a character on stage and you just, just go out and let yourself go. I think that's you know? what it's all about. I mean, I've yeah. never been. I've never been one for, uh, you know, a band, a band can be great musically, but I'm, I'm there to see a show. Yeah. Even that, or I'm just going to listen to it on a record. Yeah. You know, I want a performance. I, I understand when you get bands like, is it like Death Heaven and, and bands like that, they're kind of a bit shoegazy. Yeah. Coming yeah. on with, you know, with like lumberjack shirts or whatever and playing black metal. You're like, oh man, you know what? I'm not the biggest black metal fan, but if I go to a black metal gig, I want studs, leather, bullet belts, corpse paint. Yeah, you know, pig's blood. I want the fucking works. Want the works. That's yeah. what comes with 100%. it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pantomime, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Bands like like, <laughs> but going back to Bloodstock last year, which bear in mind was was fucking pushing forty degrees. You know, at, at the height of the day, kind of thing. It was it was so fucking hot. And watching Dark Funeral <laughs> in, full, in full fucking black metal get up. You know, tight leather. All the the corpse paint is melting down their faces. Wow. But that that the fact they've still got that commitment, yeah, got, they must have fucking stank after that hour. Jeez, Absolutely fucking reeked. But you know, they they stuck to it. So that's that's what we want in it. 
I mean, that, that beats me. I, I remember seeing Paradise Lost at Ozfest back in the 90s at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was about 35 degrees and you could see him getting pissed off because it was like, man, yeah, but it's blazing sunshine. Come on. Yeah. We're not here to be gothic. Come on. But, but <laughs> dark work, coming on and all the gear that that's another level entirely that's good uh, yeah commitment yeah, for, and it, it was it was tight leather as well you know lots of <laughs> lots of straps going on and how close were you to the stage close enough to smell it oh nice nice yeah 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 but you know on that mm. note mm. <laughs> i think that's probably Let's a good on. place to end <laughs> um look, it's um yeah look you can sit here and, and wax lyrical about about what metal is because there's, there's there's more positives than there are negatives and that's what that's what we oh yeah, yeah what we need to get across really that there's there's still loads of bands out there making great music bands from 40 50 years ago that are still doing it and and obviously the new bands so it's yeah the positives do outweigh the negatives even if it does cost 40 quid for a fucking t-shirt or you just pay a tenner on an eyes that'll that's fine yeah yeah you know what I, I i hope i hope i see more of that that's that's yeah. kind of made me happy that yeah, and it, and it was you know what it wasn't just the fact that he had them; it was the front and back print with all the tour dates, and it was a Gildan heavyweight shirt. See, what's like, the man, difference then? There's no difference. Well, it's probably a better quality shirt than the, than the forty quid one behind the bar. Well, this is it. I mean, the, I mean, I, well, this I'm wearing a Sacred Reich T-shirt, which I've had probably about ten years, I suppose, maybe, and this mm. has lasted fairly well. Mm. But it feels still not the best quality T-shirt, granted, but it feels like it feels newer than t-shirts that i've bought in the last year or so that have gone yeah. through a washing machine a couple of times so yeah t-shirts back in the day you know they would last fucking donkey's years fucking hard wearing yeah 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 absolutely just get more and more comfortable as they get older yeah exactly exactly so i'm, yeah. I'm kind of hoping that this wasp t-shirt will be there till the day i die <laughs> <laughs> whenever that may be hopefully yeah. for a long time yet yeah, that's what i mean but you know, well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, look, mate. Um, mm. Thanks for coming on. It's been uh, it's been an absolute absolute oh, pleasure with uh, know, every a bit of a grumble and and whatnot. And if you ever fancy another mm. uh, a public grumble, feel free to come on again and, and have it on this forum. Absolutely, I feel I feel like I've missed out on 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 sort of one half of the podcast. But you know, whatever they got to do, they got to do. Yeah. See, next time you come on, you have to come on when there's a full squad. So uh, you know, yeah, proper. But you know, look, you have to mm. just make do with me for tonight. Uh, yeah, no, that is, it's been good fun. Um, and over the next couple of weeks, we've got a couple more guests coming on. Um, we've got All Father on next week, Medway Massive. Uh, and uh, I've got another interview lined up with, with Trevor Phipps from Unearth next week as well, which would be quite cool to talk to him. I haven't I haven't spoken okay. to him since about 2006. So that should be good fun listening bit, for that. Bit catching up to do. Yeah, a bit of that. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for listening this week. And um, and we will catch you next week with a bit of luck. Hopefully with a full squad. With any luck. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cheers. On that note. <laughs>